a gun with the Florida Gators. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I was just checking to see if you were listening. From Destroyam, Louisiana. Hold on a second. Hey, guys. Hey. I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. Momentum, excitement, energy. You know, I mean, they say all this stuff, and you know what they mean, but, you, you know, it doesn't describe what you mean. I mean, it's just sort of out there. You got barbecue back there? I was just worried about, you know, listening to, you know, all, all your guys' rap poison. Welcome to Sideline Judgment. Here are your hosts, Sergio and Tyler. Welcome to Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And today, Tyler, we're talking all about the U.S. men's national team. No, I'm kidding. Um, we are talking. <laughs> we can if you want. I feel like you might need to. <laughs> uh, I, I, we might take a minute or two at the end to uh, to just share my thoughts okay. and anxiety. Because as I said before we started recording, I really do need to take my mind off the game that just ended so that I can properly assess college football instead of um, because instead of it's called soccer. Um, no, Tyler, today we will be reviewing all of what happened in rivalry week, which it's six years of this and I still can't say it properly rivalry week there we go uh we will be talking about previewing i should say the conference championship games all 10 of them tyler all 10 of them um we will also be doing having a segment on the silly season that has gone full silly tyler it has picked up capital s silly couple couple coaching capital capital s as in dollar sign silly yes there you go um, and then we will we will not be talking about the college football playoff rankings today because we are recording on Tuesday before those rankings come out. So you will hear our opinion on the final college football playoff rankings next week. Selection Sunday is this Sunday. And so we will know exactly who will be playing in the New Year's Six Bowl games, what the four playoff teams are, and the final college football playoff rankings. So we will talk about that at a later date. We will begin, Tyler, though, with – listen – I, I kind of want to call it an instant classic. I think it was. Oh, yeah. No, that, that was a game where the moment it ended, um, it hit the, you just played an ESPN classic ranked number three. Was, yes. Yes. And you yes, save that, your profile. That is exactly what happened. Um, and we will be seeing that at least for one more season since EA Sports College Football will not be coming out until 2024 now. Um, and I'm talking about Florida State 45, Florida 38, Tyler. Uh, this game was an instant classic, uh, like we just said unfortunate for the gators that we didn't win we're not gonna spend too much time on this because i feel like this can kind of go into our end of season recap which will be coming in a couple of weeks um or florida annual florida gators season post-mortem um but what what were your immediate thoughts about this game other Um, than the fact that it was the the best florida florida state game in like a decade well i was telling uh, my parents used to watch party with uh all of our they're like friends of the family Mm -hmm. and there was one fsu fan there um who is married Ooh. to a Gator? Who is married? He is married to a Gator fan, and both of his children went to University of Florida. Oh, so um, he's alone. So he, we joked, he is a finance financially. He is a fan. Um, <laughs> uh, he he was very respectful. Um, I saw a good team beat an average team last night in a, yes. in a classic. I saw a Florida State team that just runs the Memphis offense, which is again three plays of running for a one yard. And then a sixty-yard run. Jordan Travis, that was the best game I've seen Jordan Travis play. Agreed. Um, in in his career, in best his game career. of his career. Um, 
it was very clear. If you ask, hey, which one of these teams has five wide receivers out tonight? It's very clear which one it was. Um, <laughs> Lord, see, it's so funny. We uh, just real quick, we talked so much about how oh, Billy Napier needs like might need to you know boost up his offensive staff. He scored thirty eight points tonight, like, um, and that and that when you watched it for the at least the least the third quarter did not seem like a thirty eight point output team. Um, but I think it was a great game, and I think Florida State is you know in year four of their rebuild, and we're in year one, and. I think that I hope that this is this is um hope this is the start of a nice new era of the rivalry because this rivalry is weird because it's very even as far as records go, but mm-hmm. it's typically dominated by three to four year stretches of dominance like yeah like blowouts for four years in FSU's favor then blowouts for three years should have been four in Gators favor um and then it's you know, a like, it's a very we don't, we don't it's a, a very of, streaky like, series game. yeah we don't get yeah. a lot of close games. Um, yeah. it's a close it's a close rivalry but it's, mm-hmm. you don't get a lot of close games so absolute classic it, it made it easier for me to stomach the loss considering i was so entertained yeah um and also fsu is better than florida this season this mm-hmm. season and florida i don't think is bad it was a, like i said i thought i saw a good team not great but a good team beat an average team yeah this was very much a the stefan game of this rivalry this game had everything um it it really did have everything like from florida dominating in the beginning offensively to florida states jordan travis pulling not one but two like rabbit out of a hat plays um partially because he was able to evade the defense on patrick tony well i I do want to make that very clear yes i was gonna say partially because (laughs) yeah partially because jordan travis is is good is a good quarterback he is a good college quarterback um and partially because the gator players just didn't make the plays even though they were in position properly um i I would argue patrick tony gave them the the best ability to make those plays with the correct third down blitz calls um so there was everything in this game uh and and then there were there were bad it was it was a poorly officiated game and i'm not saying oh yeah yeah but i'm I'm not saying that like like, you know tyler you know the official sideline judgment stance on officials um we didn't lose this game because of the refs we just allowed the refs to be in a position to decide the game and that's on us that's what what i was telling everybody that i was with i was like they missed the face best call i'm like yeah they did that was terrible it's like so clear i don't know how you missed that also we were at a fourth and 12 um on the final drive of the game fourth and 12 down down seven it's like when we you know had the lead and got the ball to start the second half so you know i'm just we are we put ourselves in a position for a bad call to screw us over and exactly that's that's what happens and I do want to say there were bad there were bad calls on the other end. Florida State no, had a bunch should, of bad calls too. This was an I, equally poorly officiated game on both sides. I, I was at a floor like dominant Florida majority watch party, and I was still like, we shouldn't have gotten that pass interference yeah. call. Like, yeah, like, like the pass interference got the, bailed the, out. <laughs> but I will say the pass interference call on the fourth down inside of our own territory wasn't a pass interference. We got bailed out. But the third down, the play before, was an obvious pass interference that didn't yeah. get called. So it's like both ways. You can't really just, blame it. It was a poorly players. officiated game. Poorly, poorly officiated, officiated game. game. But like we said, um, can't put ourselves in the position to let that be what decides the you game. You know, if you were up three touchdowns, it wouldn't have mattered. No, nope. who would have thought? Um, all right, that's that's our like immediate take thoughts. We will go in depth we'll about what this means. We'll get them next year, guys. We'll get them next year. <laughs> we'll talk more in depth about this. what this means about the season in a couple of weeks when we do our Florida Gators postmortem. Um, but un- until then, Tyler, we're going to move forward. We're going to talk about what's happening right now in college football. 
Um, like we said, college football playoff rankings not going to do this week, so we're going to move forward. Let's jump into silly season, okay? These are – I'm going to list off the current open jobs, old and new. Then we will talk about the jobs that have been filled, and then I want to briefly mention the – actually, let me start with briefly mentioning four coaches that recently got ex- that got extensions throughout the course of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lance Leopold at Kansas. Aplausos for using – this man used Kansas – to leverage a contract extension that ladies and gentlemen first ballot hall of famer in my eyes yeah in my eyes i'm just saying Put him in uh, good for him good say Saban could do a lot Saban could do that uh your boy kaylin DeBoer uh got an extension at washington a quiet extension which good for him good yeah. for him um well, the, yes. the, both these were those uh these are those mel tucker michigan state extensions which yes Michigan State might be regretting right now. But mm-hmm. um, it's that like, yeah, you can come take him, but you got to give us some money if you do. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Then you had Mark Stoops. He He's on here as a technicality. I think every time he has a winning season, he automatically gets a contract year added to his contract. So technicality here. And then Dabo Sweeney also got a contract extension. Um, again, technicalities. Those guys are staying there. Um, well, Mark Stoops might not stay there forever, but it's just a technicality on the yeah. extension. Open jobs, Tyler. New jobs that are open. And I'm going to try to... <laughs> There's a lot... Hey, we're getting... End of rivalry week. This is yes, a big time. that is true. That is, that is true. All right. So, first on the list, and I promise this was just because it was the first one that I found. Um, Marcus Arroyo is out at UNLV. Um, I will never, ever wish that a human being loses their job. But this might be the closest to... Retribution! <laughs> In the end, he is still a fired college football yeah. coach, which is our dream job. So yeah, it's hard to feel like again, just a, a microcosm, so I don't repeat it. It's mm-hmm. such a weird thing because I know ever it, you do sh- you should feel bad for people for losing their jobs. Of course, at the same course. time, they get paid millions of dollars to not do their jobs. Exactly. So how exactly. bad am I supposed to feel? <laughs> exactly. Um. So UNLV is now open. Tim Lester fired at Western Michigan. That job is now open. Luke Fickle is no longer the coach at Cincinnati. Put a pin in that, Tyler. We will have that conversation in a minute. But just know Cincinnati is open. Phil Montgomery has been let go at Tulsa. Tulsa is now open. David Shaw has resigned at Stanford. Put a pin in that one. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, the the heavens parted, and Willie Taggart was released, relieved of his duties at Florida Atlantic University. Um, Almost like they should have never hired him. Moving on. Um, <laughs> and then that's it for those that have those new open jobs. Now, Tyler, there have there, let's real quick, let's talk David Shaw at Stanford because that is, um, I want to say it's a surprise. A uh, friend of the pod, Kevin Borba, um, man who hosts Tailgaters, another college football podcast that I am on. You can find that on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Um, and he runs the Sports Illustrated fan nation stanford website and so he's been going to every game and has been in the press conferences and talking to him he told me that he felt like this was going to happen a few weeks ago um i didn't say it because it was just kind of a gut feeling it wasn't him reporting anything and i didn't want to i didn't want to take anything from him good friend of mine um but this has now happened so i i have talked to him and he said that he feels like this was something like he said to be expected um and that he really did it really was difficult for him like there's a lot of people that are saying like oh yeah you know stepping down does and stanford doesn't want to play the nil game this and that whatever but it was a hard decision for 
for David Shaw. And I think that David Shaw will go down not only as the winningest coach in Stanford football history, but as one of the icons of Stanford football, given his tenure there. So Tyler, what do you think of, of David Shaw and him resigning? I think, uh, Stanford's in a weird place. I mean, with, I, I heard it said on a different podcast, I forget which one. So unfortunately you cannot give credit, but they mentioned that like with NIL and transfer portal being such a big thing. Now Stanford's actually been really hamstrung by that because Stanford is, again, we talk about all these like academic requirements that, you know, UF or Notre Dame or, Tech or, or like Vanderbilt have for all the players. Stanford's the actually the hardest one to get into because you have to get the kid in separate. Like it's not it's not like we have a threshold. You get the uh, a student athlete has to get into Stanford on their own merit to then take the scholarship. Um, yeah, there is no which, football player entrance exam to Stanford. Yeah, and now it's just like so you can't accept transfers as readily. You can't. NIL only helps you so much. Additionally, I've heard this like Stanford has a situation where like a lot of times with football players, because you're on campus so much, you can kind of get through, you can get through four years of classes in three years because you're, you're here for every summer, which then a lot of players all over the country take like some sort of graduate classes or things like that to stay at the school. Stanford, you, you have to actually get into the grad program. Like, so sometimes players just have to transfer away from Stanford because they can't get into a graduate program and, in Stanford or there's no there's not one that they want or they can't do it with football so they can't keep you can't be in college football and not take classes um these are the problems that Stanford is, is dealing with David Shaw has been so long being so good at avoiding them but I think that time has passed and I'm glad that they allowed him to resign rather than fire yeah him that, that's one thing I really respect I really I do really respect, respect that him. he has done so much for them he has been so good for them and all of all of those things are exacerbated now that I just described, but they've always been there. David Shaw has always had to deal with them, and he's had should have what one of his players should have won a Heisman, but um, he's had so many incredible he, he, seasons. He did. He did win the Sorry, Heisman. He did no. win the Heisman. My Thank bad. I, don't rewrite. Don't rewrite history. Come on, man. Um, so I was talking about Andrew Luck. Everybody knows that Christian McCaffrey. Won. Yes, that's true. That is um, true. He probably should have won the Heisman that time. He probably should have joined noted Heisman winner Christian McCaffrey, who won the Heisman in 2015, and we will not debate that because that's a fact. Continue, Todd. Yes. So, um, very interested to who would even take this job, but I'm very happy for David Shaw that he gets to go out on his own terms. 100% agree. Um, I'm really not going to say anything after that because just echoing that statement completely. Um, like I said, like you said, very interested to see who takes this job. Um, definitely will have to be someone who has experience at a, an institution that doesn't, isn't as lenient with their athletic admissions is the best mm -hmm. way I can say that. Um, they also have reportedly not wanted to play NIL, like play the game. So clearly they're going to have to get after, go after a specific, um, a specific, uh, triple type of option. Player, so. I'm, I'm, whoop, I would not hate that. Um, all right, quickly, we got, we got a lot to get through, Tyler. Yes, um, all right, let's, let's go into the jobs that have hired. Do you want to start? I will give you the option. Door number one, we have the SEC madness. I think you know where that's going. Mm -hmm. And number two, we have the surprise in the Big Ten. Which one do you want to start with? Uh, let's start with the surprise in the Big Ten because I feel like I have more. I feel like the SEC madness might take longer so um, great point uh, great point we'll do, we'll do the big 10 surprise 
Sounds good. Two surprises in the Big Ten. Biggest one definitely has to be Luke Fickle leaving Cincinnati to take the Wisconsin job. He was 57-18 and 18 with Cincy. He won two American Conference titles, and most notably is the only coach to take a group of five team to the playoff. That was last year with a team that had nine players drafted from their starting 22. So lots to say there. Great team, great developer of talent, great identifier of talent. This came as a surprise, definitely. Definitely. We thought that Luke Fickle would be the coach that would take his team from one we conference to make the jump to the power five. We thought he was going to Gary we Patterson. We thought he was going to be Gary Patterson. That's exactly what we thought he was going to be. Yes. What what are your what what's what happened here? What are your what are your thoughts? Um, I think I, I don't know because I don't know Luke I don't know any of these coaches, but um I think I think what happened with Luke Fickle is that he looked at it and just like, cool, we're rebuilding, um, still doing good. We're about to make a move to a power five conference. Um, no matter no matter how good you are, and the TCU had this problem too. They were dominating group of five. They make the transition to Big Twelve. They sucked for a few years because there is a transition period where it's just like it's not about can you beat in one game. It's like now you've got to do a whole season. Like your depth is not where it needs to be. You're not getting. Your average player, it's not about your best players, it's your average Correct. player is yes. not as good as the other team's average player. And eventually, I mean, case in point, it's taken like 10 years, TCU's about to make the playoff. Um, and it has taken, you know, take some time for you to recruit, because now you're at a higher level, so you can recruit differently, you can recruit higher level players, you eventually uh, get into that. And good coaches can really mitigate that as well. Yeah. However... I, I'm not surprised that Luke Fickle was like, I could do that. I could. I could also go to Wisconsin. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, now, here's the thing. That Luke Fickle would choose, hey, if there's a good enough open job, I'm going to go to that and not have to sit through the four years of this rebuild where if I screw it up too much, they'll fire me. And mm-hmm. even, Which, like, I know that sounds crazy considering everything Luke Fickle's done for Cincinnati, but coaches have been fired under weirder circumstances and yeah. fans have short fans have short memories. Like, um, yep. so I mean, people are asking to fire Ryan day or I uh, will talk about <laughs> no, that. No, no, um, no, no, that, that is <laughs> Ohio state fans are asking. That's, oh, yeah. that is, <laughs> that is its own world. That's its own <laughs> um, but uh, Wisconsin was an interesting pick to me is the thing. Because I feel like, I don't know, I just, Wisconsin now, because the Big Ten is about to add USC and UCLA. Two, two programs that now look like they're good again. Um, to an already, to a situation where Wisconsin is already going up against Michigan State, who's not good right now, but Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan. Wisconsin at its best is fourth on that list as far as like talent, development. Sometimes they cycle up, sometimes they cycle down. You're about to add two more teams that arguably can get more talent than you. UCLA is arguable. USC does. Um, and which means the Big Ten will probably be going away from divisions soon. In which case, okay, what Wisconsin has benefited from, which is being the best in their division, um, that that advantage is going away. Yeah. I think, so, like, at best, but it, they but became... It is a big, but it is a big job. So Yeah, absolutely. He He, let's be real, he went from... The best, currently the best program, because you, I mean, you can't deny with a program that makes the playoff from the group of five, um, and developed the what talent the way he did. He went from the best group of five to being potentially maybe the fifth or sixth best in the Big Twelve, 
to now jumping to a job that is probably at its at its peak, Tyler, third best in the Big Ten at its peak. Yeah. At its peak. I get it. I think another big deal here is money. And not just to him, but money to his staff and money to his NIL collective. Something that I think Wisconsin, with their being part of the Big Ten, and it's it's I think Wisconsin, this is one of the first Wisconsin wants to win. Like they do. Say everything they, they, do. they want to win. They they and they are willing to spend the money. Um much like Nebraska, which we'll get to in a second. But I think that it's really the first domino in the, oh, it's legit going to be a power two, and then everyone else. We're, not, it'll, we're going to get into three tiers of college football. The SEC and the Big Ten, because they have the most money and they can land the top talent, NIL-wise, coaching-wise, all that, all that, et cetera. Then we're going to have that middle tier, the ACC, the Big 12, the Pac-12, maybe the American is in that middle tier, and then you have the bottom, as Sun Belt. And then everything else. And then everything else. So that's how I feel this is the first domino for that. And listen, his his salary is going from like four and a half million to nine million. So as an individual, it's a lot of money to to be able to- What can you say about that? What can you say about that? Of the jobs jobs available currently in the cycle, I don't think there's one that's better for him. I think think it's the best fit. I agree. It's the thing. I mean, obviously, Auburn- was the better open job. I don't Correct. think Luke Fickle, I don't know. It's, no. it's not that Auburn never considered Luke Fickle. Cause I don't know. No. I know some of the things Auburn considered. <laughs> I don't think Luke Fickle would have ever considered Auburn. Cause I just don't like, think it was a Luke good Fickle's fit. Never co- never, Luke Fickle's never coached outside of the state of Ohio. Why would he yeah. like? Yeah. I, and listen, I think um, I'm not going to give away everything that was said on, on the side, the split zone duo Patreon. Um, because I think that they do good work over there. Godfrey, um, especially doing great work. Richard Johnson, Alex Kirshner, those guys run a great thing. I highly recommend subscribing to that podcast, the free version, and I highly recommend paying the $5 a month. If you are listening to us, you are definitely a college football nut, so it's $5 well spent. They had a Patreon episode. One of the things he mentioned about Luke Fickle um, that he knew was how Luke Fickle was deeply Catholic, like devoutly Catholic, and he, he has like eight children Catholic. Um, so Ah. one and one of the things that came up in the Auburn conversations between camps, not individuals, but, um, was that the fact that Fickle's camp said, you don't even have a Catholic K through eight school in the Auburn area. Like, and those kind of, if you're looking at those kind of things, then yeah, maybe it's not going to be a fit in at, at Auburn specifically, or maybe not in the sec either. So, um, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's the best, I think it's the best fit for fickle amongst the jobs that are open. But the only other one that could have, I think was Nebraska who ended up hiring Matt rule, former Baylor and temple head coach known as a program builder. That's his reputation, taking a program from being down to taking them and building them and being up good reputation to have. And um, most recently with the Carolina Panthers, which we're not even going to discuss that the NFL is completely different. I mean, the greatest college football coach of all time, failed in the nfl came back and has been dominant ever since so i'm not even going to get get to that what did you think about matt rule being hired at nebraska uh similar situation with fickle in that i think i don't know about if this is not about if this is the best fit best fit for the school but for mm-hmm. that coach i think it was the best program that he could have gone to um, okay amongst the ones that are open yeah amongst the open jobs yeah i'm only really considering the open jobs yeah everybody yeah. would everybody the best program they can go to is alabama so i mean that's not <laughs> really true. on the tape um right right I think that um, given in, in college, Matt Rule's whole thing was that he was a program builder. Like he started one and 11 at Baylor in two years. He flipped that record to 11 and one. 
Um, a lot of, you know, recruiting, building, we are building up the right guys. We're going to take our time. That's kind of the opposite to what Scott Frost was. Scott Frost was just so like quick, successful flash, like flash, flash speed, substance. Uh, I will say, I will say in, at least at UCF, he did go, he did take over an Owen 12 team, 12 team in his first season. He went six and six his second season. They went undefeated. Um, yeah, so I do think that, but it, it, but again, small sample size with Matt rule, not only have we seen it large, a it like longer, twice. not only have, right. Not only has he done it for longer at Baylor, which is the school he's most popular, mostly associated with, but he also did the same thing at temple. So it's not like, you know what I mean? It's, it's a similar, mm-hmm. he's done it multiple times as a track record. I agree. So I don't think Nebraska will be too much better than they were in, than they are were this year, next year. Correct. But I think that um, this might be, and with Nebraska, who now now it's actually funny. I feel like now with NIL, that actually has opened the door for Nebraska to get back into relevancy. Because now I it's agree. Like, oh, we can just really spend money. Yes, um, and and they have the money to spend, mm-hmm. and they're willing to spend the money. And I think Matt Rule came in and said, "Okay, cool. If you're gonna let me give me the keys to this, I can build this program out. But I need these financial reassurances from you guys that we're going to be able to be competitive." And I think that Nebraska is willing to do that. And I think, you know, it um, good for good for them. I, th- I think it's a good match. Like you said, we're going to go from watching Nebraska to being like, oh, Nebraska, when are they ever going to get it together to being like, OK, I can start to see this changing. OK, this is changing. Oh, they landed this recruit. Oh, they did this. You know what I mean? We're going to start to have a good, a, a, a more positive uh, perception of Nebraska yeah. going forward. Um, all right, quickly, let's go through. Those were the two. Those are the two bigger ones. Quickly, we'll go through some other ones, and then we'll finish with we'll the, hit big, the one. big one. Last, we'll hit the big one. Um, Kenny Dillingham was the Oregon offensive coordinator. He's an Arizona State alum. He goes back home. Um, he is 32 years old. He's the for sure the youngest head coach in the Power Five. I think the youngest head coach in FBS, but I don't want to. I didn't have well, time funny, to research. I'm pretty that. sure. I'm pretty sure Dan Lanning was. The, the youngest coach. Yeah, I think he yeah. was. And now, yeah, Dan Landing's like 36 or something like that. So, yeah. um, he's hired there. My two cents. I mean, good hire, I guess. Arizona State is in, is such a we'll question mark out. that we'll find out. Exactly. We'll find out. That's how I feel about that. What about you? That's kind of how I feel. I mean, like, uh, I liked Oregon's offense this year. Um, and, like, just Jet in general. Arizona State was so bad this year. Is uh, yeah. so like I don't. Really and the program know. is still is still awaiting NCAA sanctions, so it's going to take going, a while. I mean, he's he's an alum, so he's going into one of those situations where it's like mm-hmm. real. Feel like the only reason he's taking this job, not the only reason, he's he's an office coordinator. He wants a head coaching job. Mm-hmm. He's an alum, though. He's not going to wait for something better. Like right. No, I'm home. with you. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, couple other rumors. Georgia Tech is still open. Rumor is that they're waiting for Willie Fritz, the Tulane coach. He is playing this weekend in the American Conference title I game, so really that's a like, rumor. I would really like that for them. Great fit. I agree. I think it would be a great fit. Um, excuse me. Colorado. The rumor is that Deion Sanders has been offered the job, and they are waiting for him to make a decision. Obviously, if he takes it, he takes it. But if he doesn't, then they are waiting for him to then move forward. Um, at one point, names like Tom Herman were speculated for this job. He's from California, has had coaching experience, stuff like that. So we'll have to see with with Dion. Um, I got a text from Raul a few minutes ago saying that he would like Dion to be the FAU head coach. I was going to make um, that joke at some point, but I'm glad. That I think it. Would, I, I think it would be great. I, no, I no, think. I think it'd be dynamite. But I think FAU has already proven that they can be the 
big name coach comes here to build up himself for top level job with the Lane Kiffin experience. And they prove that that can actually happen. Bring Dion down here. Come on, Doug. No, Dion in FAU would be amazing. My only Travis Hunter that, in an FAU jersey? I'm sold. <laughs> the, only, the only problem is that he's talking, he's rumored to be talking to a Power 5 program. Exactly. So now, the question is, that, does that he feel... Where, where, that's where the joke comes in. Where I'm exactly. Like, yes. Like, right. now, now, I don't think Colorado is as much of a fit as FAU is, but... That's we'll, how we'll I... That's right. Out. I think that's the advantage. Anyway, we're, there's no... There's currently no rumor to, to Dion to FAU. I'm just right. saying that's what Raul said, and I would love to see that happen. Um, and all right, Tyler, it is time. The big it one. Time, it's time to have the conversation. So we talked a little bit last week about the Lane Kiffin rumors, and we were joking, saying, oh, can't wait to talk about him being the coach next week. Well, he's not. He signed an extension with Ole Miss. I purposely left that out of the extension section because <laughs> here we are. But, um... But yeah, the the Auburn Tigers are rumored. It's not official. It's one of those like I think it's, they tweeted it out. Did they tweet it? Because I haven't seen that. Can you double check live podcast? Double checking right now. You check while we do it. I but thought it's, I saw this. Like, but it is Liberty head coach, former Ole Miss head coach Hugh Freeze. Who at one point was said by the SEC Bro, commissioner they, they Greg Sankey. A, they put a video clip of he, of this guy like at the podium. at the press conference. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. it's done. It's done. He is now the Auburn head coach. This is insane <sighs> because clearly he was not Auburn's first choice. No. Clearly, Jack Cohn was going after Lane Kiffin. He they then they then leaked it. I don't know if it was Hugh Freeze. I don't oh. know if it was Auburn. I'm, I'm my gut says Hugh Freeze's camp. Um, leaked that he was going to be the Auburn coach on Friday. Uproar, uh, uproar ensued on Twitter, which rightfully so, because if you're rightfully not aware, so. not enough in my opinion. Like, if you are new to the "What's so bad about Hugh Freeze?" if that's the question you're asking, so many things. Okay. Google Hugh Freeze, some of which being the use of a school phone when he was coach at Ole Miss to call hookers for prospective prospective players. Um, the whole Laramie Tunsil gas mask situation. Yeah, that's Hugh Freeze. Um, <laughs> a lot of different NCAA violations. And last year, on top of that, there was a student at Liberty who spoke out against um, a, I want to say a football player and then also the athletic director for not handling it the right way, um, it being a sexual assault that she'd experienced. And Hugh Freeze DM'd her and said, stop talking bad about the athletic director. You don't know this man. He's a good person. It's like, dude, even if you believe that, you can't be DMing a random girl who was a survivor of a sexual assault allegation and, and think it's okay. Like, what? You're the you, head you know, coach no, of a football team. One of, the, one of the funniest things about this is that apparently in the agreement to the contract, Auburn said that uh, Hugh Freeze had to turn over his social media accounts to control of Auburn. No like, way. Hugh, Hugh Freeze is not in control of his social media accounts at the moment. Um that that's was, genius. That's, that's part genius. of the contract. That's now, like the from, ki- that's the that's a, the Kyler Murray like you're required Auburn, to. From an Auburn lawyership set, like like uh-huh. uh, perspective perspective, genius. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You Auburn we, said we ain't getting got this time. exactly. We ain't getting got. <laughs> that's not us. <laughs> um, um, thoughts. <laughs> okay, thoughts. Okay, I'm gonna hold off my thoughts on the moral aspect of this because i do have thoughts about that but let's actually just talk about this from a football perspective real quick and how how i think this is a dumb move from a football perspective 
So the one bad thing, in my opinion, one of the two bad things that you could have had from hiring Lane Kiffin was um, Lane Kiffin is actually not proven to be that great of a recruiter. Like, he's not bad, but he's, he's just like Lane Kiffin is just a more fun on social media Dan Mullen sometimes. Like, great offensive mind, brilliant offensive mind, clearly more in control of the program building aspects, I think, at this point for what Ole Miss is doing. But they have the mind in the world of recruiting. The number one thing that Auburn could have done that would really have sucked if hiring Lane Kiffin, like the only real bad thing I could see from a football perspective, is that you piss off Nick Saban. Um, this is worse. <laughs> um, you wanted to piss off Nick Saban? Now you're Auburn. That should be your job. But like, you want to piss off Nick Saban? Yeah, hire Hugh Freeze. Oh, also, you want to piss off the SEC commissioner, Greg Sankey? Hire Hugh Freeze. Um, a guy well, who, I, who I had heard a rumor. And also yeah. was Ole Miss had to go through like five years of NCAA sanctions because of how bad he was at, you know, hiding where he dropped the bag. Right. Um, I Listen, I, I think there was a rumor at least that like Greg Sankey had to like sign off if Hugh Freeze ever wanted to coach in the SEC again, if a school ever wanted to bring him in. If that's true, then he clearly signed off on this. That's um, not, that's not what... <laughs> That's yeah. not what Stephen Godfrey cryptically alluded to in some of his tweets. <laughs> he didn't. Um, oh, I'm I'm not up to date with with Godfrey's tweets. Everyone needs to follow Godfrey at 38 Godfrey on Twitter. It's you're, it's a required college football following account, especially during silly season. The man knows. The man is plugged in. He's plugged, and in. no one knows Hugh Freeze more than <laughs> Stephen Godfrey because oh boy, that man knows him. Um, highly recommend subscribing to the Patreon for that. Uh, so. uh, uh, Quoting Stephen Godfrey at um, it's the 29th, right? Yes, yeah. at 8.37 Pacific time this morning, so uh, 11.37 Eastern. Um, uh, can we pause real quick? Yeah. That's embarrassing that you listed Pacific time first. Who are you? Who have you become? <laughs> what happened? To, did you leave my best friend in Jacksonville? Is that what happened? Are you a clone? Is this what's going on? Has the Big Ten town corrupted you? <laughs> it's a glitch. <laughs> Has the Big Ten corrupted you? Is this what's happening? I am Unacceptable. Not aware. Continue. You are Con- continue. To. Continue. Glitch in the matrix. <laughs> Stephen Godfrey says, "I can confirm. Greg Sankey has always wanted to shoot Hugh Freeze dead straight." <laughs> <laughs> now that might be. I love how a I, little, I, I perhaps by saying that two was, on the that nose. was cryptic. Um, yeah, it's right? not cryptic. It's pretty straightforward. Um, That's anyway, incredible. Anyway, okay. So Auburn, the 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 spyglass is now down on you hard, and. Like, the entire college football world, NCAA, Greg Sankey, they're going to be watching for the first time you step, step up. On top of this, Hugh Freeze is a fine offensive mind. Also, let's be real honest, his Ole Miss teams were not that good, in my opinion. Like, his Ole Miss tenure, for as much crap, it, it wasn't that good. He did beat Alabama two straight years. That's And that's impressive, because those were good Alabama teams. Not like down team years. Like, those were good teams that they beat. Beyond that... What 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 did what did Hugh Freeze really do? Well, here's the thing: he was very innovative, but it's it's caught up to like the yeah, schemes. He was innovative in 2014, exactly, and the schemes have have years. caught up. Like the schemes have caught up now. Like it's not like it's a big also, advantage not to have to run this scheme. Like, yeah, they're gonna struggle in their first year because they just don't have the players to do it. Like um, they might not have players. Period. But that's another conversation. Well, that's like, it's just it, I don't get it because for, if you want to go in this offensive style direction fine completely get that you want to There's modernize so the way you play all that stuff. people you, you can do fired. this for so many other people that will give you a much bigger headache and for much less money like why are you out there buying 
the luxury version of a 2013 car. Like for for less money, you can get a newer and one car. that has crashed and you know almost killed uh, exactly. A program it's before. it has <laughs> it has been in the mechanic for a few years. So like I don't understand why you're willing to do that, spend all that money. This be, is the guy that only yeah. Liberty would hire. Literally, and this is the man that lost the game before he was hired as Auburn's coach. Literally lost this weekend. Like this team uh, is this coach is not. I don't get it. Okay, they're they're, they're gonna they're gonna put up points. Um, Robbie Ashford's not bad for as far as Auburn quarterbacks go. I think. Um, and you know they'll win some games. And I think I will he be better than Brian Harson? I actually think uh, he might like from a football perspective because Liberty has not sucked entirely. But like Auburn, this this just I mean this feels like you're just gonna be this is another not in the same necessarily realm from a off the field perspective. This is another Brian Harson hire in in the sense that. Yeah, you hire him, but I was just like, I just, I don't see a world where this is your answer because this guy had a shot. And I don't know, nothing Hugh Freeze has done since getting fired from Ole Miss makes me believe that he will be any better um, for Auburn than he was for Ole Miss. Again, now, Saban already wants to, Alabama already wants to kick your ass, and now they're going to want to even do it even more. Um, Anyway. That's the football side of this. I won't yeah. talk too much on the other. The other side is that I think Hugh Freeze is an absolutely terrible person. Now, unfortunately, yes. that doesn't hold any bearing on if you can do your job as a football coach. Unfortunately, like right. Unfor- I have to be. I have to be honest. Like, like it happens a lot of time. Being a good person is not what gets you hired or fired in football coaching. Now, right. Hugh Freeze has done terrible. Is a bad person. Has done. T- provably terrible things in a way that affects his football program. So that doesn't help. But I just, why are we so eager to give this man another shot? Not I don't me, know. Like I, I feel like, I feel like football. he was like, I don't even think it's college football as a whole. I think it's a program that's desperate fair. like Auburn. You know what I, I mean? Like I think it's a specific, it's the perfect storm in the world that would yeah. have hired this man. It's the perfect Liberty storm. and Auburn. Yeah. So I guess I we can add so. Liberty I, I to the list of available jobs hire. now. I think this is a stupid hire. Um, I'm gonna say it right now, it's stupid. They should have hired, um, I don't know, many other people. <laughs> Anyone else, literally. Um, all right, Tyler, that's that's they it for silly season. Jonathan Smith. You're not wrong. I don't think they were gonna go with another West no, Coast go guy who built his own program, but uh, alumnus of a West Coast school who built their program up to prominence. I don't think that's the 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 profile I'd they're take after. Bill O'Brien over Hugh Freeze. Honestly, yes, I would. I would. You know my opinion on Bill O'Brien coaching in college because people's yeah. reputation of Bill O'Brien. I'm going to say this for the fifty thousandth time. Um, no, I do not work for his agency, but this is just me saying <laughs> his mistakes were as a general manager for the Texans. He was a horrible executive He's as a, a ball coach. Mind. He is, a, and I think that he is good at the collegiate level, as shown by the way he handled he handled the worst. I'm walking into a job situation in modern history and succeeded with leaving Penn state after Paterno and the Sandusky stuff. So mm-hmm. yes, do believe that he is a good ball coach, but oh, great, great, great parallel Paterno. Great parallel Paterno. Mm-hmm. But maybe exactly. Bill O'Brien gets this job after he freeze finds out. Maybe honestly, maybe he does. I'm not even kidding. Maybe he does. I'm not, I, that was not a joke. Was, no. Um, no, no. Tyler, you let's, um, we don't, we don't like this hire. No, we don't. I let's, will let's... find it. it. There will be comedy. To, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. To keep, you know, no, you're fine, dude. 
I will. The one good thing, there will be comedy that comes from this. So yes, there definitely will. Um, all right, let's recap the rivalry games before we preview conference championship weekend. Um, our five wide from rivalry rivalry week. Uh, first off, the Egg Bowl was Thursday. Mississippi State twenty four, Ole Miss twenty two. Um, Tyler, you get the point because I, I picked. Am very thankful. <laughs> <laughs> well done, because I picked Ole Miss. You picked Mississippi State. Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin, his mind was definitely elsewhere um, because the man on a two-point conversion attempt to tie the game at the end of the game called two timeouts on the two-point conversion and then tried to run like a small shovel pass situation and it did not work out, um, was stuffed right there on the line. Mississippi State ends up winning the game. Um, I don't have much to say, just opinions. That <laughs> uh, Yeah, I mean – Great game for Mississippi State. Mississippi State's defense has actually been sneaky good. Um, Ole Miss kind of collapsed the last month of the season. Um, don't know what happened specifically, but it was, it's. I think it's one of those sneaky things where, like, they were always kind of an 8-4 and four team, and they just didn't, like, they had a really easy schedule going up until their last month. And uh, Will Rogers is good at throwing the football. Um, my friend was at this game. He was working it. Uh, said it was it was ra- it was raining like crazy, which may have factored into what happened as well. Um, but yeah, I agree. I, I'm I'm happy for Mike Leach that and from okay. State. It, uh, do uh, wait for the second part. Um, I'm happy for them that they could get this win so that the rivalry could stay a little fun. Because I don't think Mike Leach had beaten. Um. He hadn't beaten Ole Miss yet. So. No, he had not. He had not beaten them yet. This is his third year, and he lost the first two. So. God, it's already been three years. Dude, I know. It's been crazy. It's been <sighs> crazy. Um. All right. The next one we had was on Friday. Um. Tulane 27, Cincinnati 24. I got the point on that one. I picked Tulane. This was a very good game. I will say this was going on at the exact same time as the U.S. men's national team game against England. So I did watch the game live on a second screen, but I did have to go back and watch some highlights. It's just very clear that Cincinnati doesn't have the quarterback. And I didn't say this in the Luke Fickle section, but I'll say it here. I think Luke Fickle looked at his roster situation heading into the Big 12 and said, you know what? I'm going to have so much more leeway at Wisconsin. I'm going to probably have a better roster to start. Um, I'm going to be able to land better recruits and oh they're doubling my salary and they're giving me more money for my assistance and i have a real nil pool yeah okay i'll make the move you can still recruit the same area you can keep up all those um relationships you had in recruiting absolutely you're still in that same relative area and i do think it's crazy that i think if cincinnati ends up winning this game luke fickle is the type of guy that would not take a job because his focus he can win a conference championship with this team and i think out of out of uh, obligation to his players and the school and the program, he would have, um, he would not be the coach of Wisconsin right now if he um, would have won the game and would be prepping for a conference title game this Saturday. Crazy how it works. Um, moving on, the game, Tyler, game of the weekend, Michigan 45, Ohio State 23. This game was a good old fashioned beatdown. Michigan was dominant uh, from the start. Who knew that Michigan could throw a deep ball? They hadn't shown us all season they could. 
Didn't know that one. But yeah, you, you get the point here because you picked Michigan, but I, I bet you didn't think that was going to be the reason why. But. No, I and I I said this multiple times. I think I thought if Michigan was to win this game, I thought it was going to be a close game. I thought that Ohio State could do this. Ohio State could could come out. They have the players they to be flip, able to do the that. The teams flip the script for how this game is supposed to go. Ohio State mm-hmm. is supposed to have the explosive plays. Like, yep. I, I was shocked. Like, yeah, now, I was shocked too. My, I have, a, I have my parents' neighbor. Um, he is a big Ohio State fan. He's from Ohio, and he is immediately like, "We got to fire Ryan Day." It's just <laughs> like, doesn't matter. It's like eleven game, eleven and zero seasons don't matter if you can't beat Michigan. And it, listen, Ohio State fans are a different breed. I was a I'm not like, saying, okay, I'm not saying it's good. I'm not that, saying but... it's bad. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying they're a different breed. It okay? is also funny that all Ohio State did was like wish, like, oh, wish Michigan could be more competitive with us again. Like, um, and then they beat them for two years in a row. Beat them for two. Um, and now it's and now it's fine. Right, fire right day. I feel so bad. The patience with Harbaugh is really paying off. Um, it really is. It really is. I don't is. know. I don't know. It's one of those things. It's this. It's, it's the Mark Stoops thing. It's just like sometimes being patient. Now you can risk ruining your program if if it doesn't work out. But mm-hmm. patience is working out. Good for Michigan. This Agreed. is as a, as a Florida fan, this is terrible because um, Ohio State, I feel like, was the team that had the best shot to beat Georgia. So now, yeah, I agree. I agree. Although let's JJ not... McCarthy apparently is, you know, he he did a whole like Space Jam thing and stole CJ Stroud's powers. Well, let's let's do that again, but make sure you keep CJ Stroud's powers and don't take Stetson Bennett's because I think CJ oh, Stroud's going to be the better. <laughs> um, I get the point on that when I pick Michigan. Tyler, we then had the the game formerly known as the Civil War. Excuse me. Oregon 34, Oregon State 38. You get the point, and I'm not even mad about you getting the point because what a comeback. Jonathan what? Smith, take a bow. He just said enough. Take a cat. bow in your half-renovated stadium that the broadcast can only show one part of the stadium because the rest of it is a construction site. The nine and three Oregon State Beavers. Your nine and three. Nine our, and, our nine, nine and three, three Beavers. Oregon State Beavers. Nine and three. Or, but they fully just said, you know, it's, we're not going to pass it anymore. Nope. We're not going to pass it. And they got better. Yep. They eliminated half the offenses. They actually became better. Um, Incredible. Incredible. I love to see it. Um, this was a rivalry game at its finest. Great uniform game. Oh, at this point, beautiful. At, at, at one point in this game, I had this game on, um, and Alexa looked at me. I said, "Wow, I love the uniforms in this game." And she goes, "They look like highlighters." And I wasn't sure if she meant Oregon or Oregon State, but the answer was yes. Yeah, the answer was yes. That's the point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was incredible. I love to see all it. rivalry games should be color on color, but I don't know. I don't know what the Rose Bowl situation is for the Pac-12. But we need to override it and just send Oregon State. Tickets are tickets. Yeah, that's a good point. Tickets mm-hmm. are less than two hundred dollars. I might get one. Get one, and enjoy, and get one before they announce the teams. Because if it's Ohio State, it's you know what I mean. I know, I know, it's a lot of money. But I if you are going to get one, pull the trigger if you're going to get one. Um, great job, great job, great game. Number fifteen, or well, formerly these rankings don't really matter. Notre Dame twenty-seven, USC thirty-eight. We both get the points on that one. We both pick USC. This game went how we expected it to go. This is it, exactly this what a, happened. It was only eleven points on the field. USC mm-hmm. won this game by more in reality. This like, game was over um, at the beginning of the third quarter. Like it was, yeah. it was set. It was set. This reminded me a lot of the Georgia Tennessee game from this season, where it was close and it was it wasn't a blowout, 
but it was definitely one team handedly beating the other. Yeah. Um, no questions asked kind of thing. So uh, our two points from last week, I picked North Carolina over NC state and just heartbreak, just, just heartbreak of what happened in that game. Uh, I did not get the points. NC state won. I forgot to put the scores for the two points. I'm so sorry. I don't know the score for this game, but I know it was one uh, possession because they overtime. did go into overtime. It was an overtime. A shanked was, field goal. Thank you. This game led into the Florida, Florida state game. So I did watch the fourth quarter of this game and overtimes. Uh, and then Tyler, you picked Washington to beat Washington state and you got those points, my friend, what a you game. got those points. And this is the game that ultimately allowed Utah to go to the PAC 12 title game, which we'll talk about in a second. So not only, not uh, only was it good for you, Michael it was good Penix for Jr. The only knows how to throw one type of throw. Mm-hmm. And it's like a laser. They built, yeah. they built the offense around being like no touch throws. Just bullets. <laughs> I think I think Anthony Richardson thought he was in that offense this season. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got the good laugh from you that I got the good laugh from you one. on that one. That when Tyler one. gets that like ha 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 I know like I on that. Yeah. Yep. Um. Yep. Tyler, that brings our score. Tyler forty eight, Sergio forty six, heading into the final final game of the se- uh, week of the season. 48 to 46, you are up by two points, my friend. Um, lots of fun rivalry games as well in this um, in this week. Um, go back here, pick what we had. Yeah, I, I, Sorry. I got some scores. Uh, I got some you scores got some scores? Go ahead yeah. and grab some scores On while Friday, I pull it up. Friday, we got Arkansas, uh, Arkansas versus Missouri. Missouri wins 29 to 27 against Arkansas. Um, mm-hmm. uh, interest, uh, Nebraska beats Iowa 24-17 in a shocker. Um, very much Iowa so. got down by two scores so we knew that that was over um reminder to everyone that uh virginia virginia tech was canceled this week um yes uh georgia beat georgia tech 37 14 uh arizona beat arizona keep, state very true 38 35 close game um i thought arizona state won no, no. you're right no um, arizona didn't. Yeah, uh, Georgia Tech actually gave Georgia a run for the money in the first half, and in the second half, it was like, no, 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 we're, we're done playing. Um, <laughs> big, biggest couple, let's see, big ones. Uh, Alabama wins 49 of 27 over Auburn. Auburn actually put up a bit of a fight. They um, did. They did. Tennessee shuts out Vanderbilt 56 to 0. You're skipping over. You're well, skipping, skipping over. skipping over the big ones. Uh, yes, but I, I, do need to, I do need to say and give 10 seconds of acknowledgement to our TCU. Well, that's uh, why I was going frogs. there. I was going there. Was oh, going you're getting there. there. Okay. I, I had cool. a point to make about it. Um, oh, oh, go, please. Um, I recant that statement. Go ahead. I'll just go ahead and say it now. Uh, TCU wins 62 to 14 over Iowa State. Iowa State, a team that even with that loss, a 62, giving up 62 points, their season defensive totals is still 20 points per game, even with the 62 wow. point wow. like in it. That's how good this defense is. TCU wow. needed this type of performance. Because yes. now they're like, no, yes. we can blow people out. Um, yeah, and we can blow out a good defense is yeah. the important and, part. And they it. stuck it to them, and I'm actually – I'm very happy for TCU. Like this, Good. And this is also – this is the uh, send-off a lot of these seniors deserve for their last mm-hmm. home game. Um, they're going in. Uh, they're, they'll be playing Kansas State, uh, and we will talk about it in a little bit, because Kansas State beats Kansas 47-27 to um, in a good game. But Yes. Um, what else we got? Uh, a couple of the close ones. Let's talk about some close ones. Well, I'll say Texas A&M 38, LSU 23. He can't keep getting, getting away, away with this. 
I have to uh, be honest. There's a small part of me last week that was just like, I really have this real feeling that Jimbo might just. It makes no sense, but he might just ruin this for him. <laughs> I I will say if there Why was ever a season, week if there was ever a year to do that, I wanted to see the Jimbo magic happen at the end of the season when it shouldn't happen. It was this season because I could not deal with an I, 80-something million dollar buyout and our gas prices jumping 40 cents. No, I could not no, have no, dealt no, with that. They, so I appreciate that. This is going to keep him around, I think. This is going to keep him mm-hmm. around. Um, yeah, ruining LSU's chances, in my opinion, of even, even if they beat Georgia, I don't think they can get in. Um, and this is good for us. TC, this is yes. good for TCU. We are a pro TCU getting the playoff podcast. Additionally, South Carolina 31, Clemson 30. In a game that I really felt like at any point while I was like kind of watching it, I went away from it for a little while in the second half. Um, so the the final score snap, stuck up on me. While I was watching it, I kept being like, yeah, South Carolina is like a score or two down. But like at some point, Clemson's just going to break this game open, you know? Yeah. And they, and and they, just, they just didn't. They, yeah. I, they just didn't. I stand by because I, I got called out on our fantasy football group chat by a friend of the pod. Um, I guess back to like, uh, I think tax fraud Bucks fan. Um, uh, well, Tyler Renfro. Tax, I, would, would it be tax fraud? Because that would imply that he cheated in the years he won and they didn't cheat. They were just good. Okay. I would, I would say, um, poorly managed investment portfolio. Poorly managed Tyler investment Renfro. portfolio. Buckley yeah. Because, because they got immediate uh, results, but they were not long-term and, yeah. and now the port it's just tanking down. So we'll so go with all, that poorly managed uh, investment portfolio. Tyler Renfro. Yes. Tyler Renfro. He called me out for some cold takes me being like, Ohio, Michigan can't beat Ohio state. And also I won't let that one game tell me that Spencer Rattler's good. I stand by the Spencer Rattler point. <laughs> I, I, don't I care. believe you. I won't let this. I won't let this suddenly. You you know Spencer someone's going to take him in the fifth round because of the arm, right? He's going to you, Mitch you're, Trubisky. You're someone. aware of that. Which, no, he won't Mitch Trubisky where they'll trade up to number two no, to no. take him. And the but someone will take a flyer. In the fifth round is where he belongs. Yeah, I that's agree. Fine. Completely agree. And honestly, Completely I'll agree. take it up to the third. I'll be like, you know, that's fine. He's a project. Like, but no, I won't let you convince me that this is. That There's a premium on quarterbacks too, so yeah, I could get. I could see it. Uh, you, uh, start like his stat line doesn't match up with what I was watching. Um, cause I thought he was playing well and you look at his stat line. It is abysmal. Um, but Clem- that's, I mean, Clem- that's just the type of team Clemson is this year. Um, uh, I have, a, I have a couple before we get to conference yes. title. Um, Pitt beat Miami 42 to 16. Miami is not bowl eligible five and seven, but, but shout out Mario though. Um, and then we have BYU beating Stanford 35, 26. There is a rumor. There is a rumor that I heard from a slightly reliable source. I don't want to say slightly. I love Borba. I mentioned it before on the bottom. I'll him again. But Borba sent me something that Jaron Hall, the BYU quarterback, intends to enter the transfer portal, and he intends to go to a certain team involved in a war that is holy, that is not Brigham Young. I wish you guys could see Tyler's face when he figured out that it was, I was talking about Utah. I wish you could see his face. Allegedly, it's something that it, whatever. I think it's because he wants to. It's going to be a UCF thing because you said a war, and I was just like, that takes place on the road. (laughs) Nope. Nope. It's a holy one. It's a holy war. Um, That's, that's juicy. That is a rumor. Um, Not confirmed. Just wanted to say that to you because, come on, dude. Also, um, Mm -hmm. I had to bring it up. Sorry. Yeah. 
Oklahoma falls to Texas Tech, 51 to 48 in overtime. In overtime, yeah. I saw the end of that game. That was, uh, ooh. Okay. I've talked to my brother since then, and I'm surprised at how, you know what? Like, okay, just, we got to bowl eligibility. I was like, oh my God, how the mighty have fallen. Um, he's like, it's all right. We, we made a bowl. It's, it's Venable's first year. It's nice to hear him be a level headed fan. It was nice because this whole season, he was not a level headed fan. He was okay. very much yelling and angry, but he was on this one, so. And that's good for him. Good mm-hmm. to set some expectations. Um, James Madison, 47, Coast Carolina, 7. That's crazy to me. Um, well, I wanted to mention this when we got to the Sun Belt in conference title because James Madison would have won the East. Yeah. They are not eligible to play in the conference championship game because they Which are transitioning. Kind of a stupid rule. But... It is kind of a stupid rule, but I get why it's been why it's been put there because you don't want teams to go try and go up too quick, too fast. Um and, you know, basically go over their heads. But it is definitely a situation where James Madison is the exception to the rule. They clearly were prepared. They clearly got ready for their, the level they were playing at. Um, and so usually it's you have to have you have to wait two seasons. But if you I think it's if you book an entire FBS schedule your first year, then it's only one year. And that's what they did. So that's why it was nice. one year. And on top of that, they finished eight and three. I think they play next week because um, they knew they weren't going to be in conference, so they scheduled the game. So I think they should end up either eight and four or nine and three, which is absurd for a team absurd. jumping up. So yeah. credit to them. We are going to be talking about the Dukes a lot next year. I am very excited. Um, yeah, credit to them. Uh, they were up twenty. To, they were up uh, forty to seven at the end of the third quarter. So. Last game yeah. that I, I need to talk about, and mm-hmm. it's more as I mean, give it to you, I think it's it. Um, lost it. UCF 46, USF 39. What a game. What in a my, game? In my opinion, I think it's the game of the day. Um, Let, I, I, whoo. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Okay. The, ladies and gentlemen, the mood shift of the UCF fans, um, that I was with was, was just a sight to behold. It went from my beloved girlfriend who I adore with my whole heart saying that she didn't believe that UCF and USF was, she said that the only reason they were rivals, she didn't say they weren't rivals. I will say that she said the only reason they're rivals is because of the geography and that it's not a big deal to her that the rivalry is ending because UCF is going on to bigger and better things, which I partly agree with. Definitely the bigger and better things part. Definitely the fact that it started because of regionality. Of course it did. That's, ladies and gentlemen, that is the nature of college football rivalries that's a, everywhere. That's not a bad thing. That's an uh, Ohio State and Michigan hate each other because they share a border, not because of other reasons, but alas. Um, but what I didn't agree with her was that it was the right thing to do because these teams hate each other, and there's genuine hate between these two teams and these two fan bases. And it came out in the second half when – USF scored 22 points in the third quarter and 10 points in the fourth quarter. And at one point went ahead and erased a 28 point deficit that they had at one point in this game. Like if USF wouldn't, if UCF wouldn't have pulled this one out, this would have been a hallmark hang it in the rafters. This is, this is, this is another You've just played in an instant classic yeah. on NCAA 14. This is incredible what this what this game was. Uh, I'm glad UCF won because 
Um, I don't think I would have. Yes, yes. I don't think I would have heard the end of of that. Uh, Alexa said Gus needs to be fired. Um, both after the after the win. Um, she I'm she took she a. Kept, I'm glad she kept the conviction. She did. She, credit to her. She did keep it She's consistent. Con- she had the conviction. She had the conviction. Um, I left actually at halftime, um, of this game. Uh, so I didn't get to see everyone's reaction to this, but uh, the group chats were popping. I will say this: the group chats were popping. Um, the text messages I would be receiving. Whoo! Oh boy. Um, let's just say, good thing UCF pulled this one out because, wow. Uh, it's noted that this was the last war on I four for a while. Um, uh, because yeah. UCF's going to another conference and they have they have not worked out the non conference scheduling situation. So I hope they play it. I really I do personally. I hope, they continue to play it. I hope they continue to play it. I love, I love rivalries. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's 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 the end of that. Uh, Tyler, quickly, do you want to predict what is going on in championship week? You want yeah, to go into not? this? Why don't? Ah, why, not? why not? Why not? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the championship edition of Five Wide and Two Point. The structure you have known is now over. We will be transitioning now. All ten conference championship games will be chosen. We will alternate one by one on who picks first, just like normal. There is no separate two-point game this week. At the end, the person with the fewer points, that will be me in this case, um, will have first dibs on making one of these championship games their designated two points. So, for example, um, we know that LSU and Georgia are playing in the SEC championship game. Tyler and I both pick Georgia when we go through. I then have first first dibs on what making the two-point. If I choose that SEC game, even though Tyler has also chosen Georgia, I will get two points for that game, but Tyler will only get one. So you can only, you designate one of those games to be your two point, even if both both players have the same amount of points, um, are both in the same rooting interest. Does that make sense, Tyler? Makes sense to me. Perfect. Um, and again, you can only pick one of the two points. So <coughs> Tyler... Um, I think since I am picking first of the two points, I think I'm going to give you the option to decide, Mr. I'm up by two. Do you want to pick first or do you want to pick second? With hmm. with starting with Conference USA. Look at the order of the games. Let me look at the order of these things. Or look at the order. Um, we'll be, again, we, are, we put them just like we do every week in chronological order. Um, so first we have Conference USA at 7.30 on Friday. 7.30 on Friday. Uh, Pac-12 at 8 o'clock I'll, on Friday. So I'll go first. You'll go first. Okay, perfect. The first choice, Tyler, is the Conference USA championship game. North Texas taking on UTSA. It is in San Antonio because Conference USA, um, the better record, hosts the conference title game. 7.30 kickoff Friday evening on CBS Sports Network. Tyler, who do you have? I'm going to take the Roadrunners, UTSA. Uh, they're undefeated in conference. I don't expect that to stop. Um, they are undefeated in conference. I You can go ahead and put that S next to me. I completely agree with you on that one. Um Take the Roadrunners. Not much to say here. Conference USA really a drag this season. Um, a lot of teams leaving, including UTSA. They could leave with the conference. Both teams, actually. North Texas is also leaving. Um, so uh, there is that. So next up, Tyler, the Pac-12 title game. Number 14, Utah taking on number 6. U- oh, well, these rankings don't matter. I apologize. They're not the right ones. But Utah is taking on USC. 8 o'clock kick on Friday at um, broadcast on Fox. This game is taking place in Vegas. Um, I get the first pick here. I love that it's in Vegas, by the way. I do love that it's in Vegas, yes. For multiple reasons. Number one, I love Vegas. Number two, neutral site. 
I think it's a, and I think it, it, it actually right. is a good Atlanta it, being for the SEC and Indianapolis mm-hmm. and Big Ten and you know Dallas, I like the establishment. This, this feels like that. Like, yes, yes, and and in this case, the two teams are it's relatively in the middle. You know, it's it's yeah. only a I want to say it's probably like a four hour drive from from Cal from L A, and I think it's a short flight over from Utah. So, um, I am going to go. Oh man, this is tough. Yeah, that's why I, want, I wanted you to do this one first. Yeah, so. for those who who forgot, Utah gave USC their only loss of the season this this year. It was at home, um, meaning Utah was at home, um, and it was a close game and big upset, all that jazz. I'm gonna go with USC because my philosophy in games like this is game on the line. We know it's going to be tough defensively. Which quarterback do you trust more? in late game situations and potential Heisman winner, Caleb Williams, I think is the one that I trust the most out of these two. So I will go with USC. Also, it is very difficult to beat a team twice in one season. Um, And the first time you barely beat them, you were at home. You are now traveling. You are now neutral site. It is Vegas. I don't know how much that, (laughs) I don't know the habits of the players on the team. So yes, I will take USC. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to also take USC mostly in a similar vein. I think that USC is playing better now than they were when they last faced Utah. Um, I agree. You're definitely doing that well, like peaking so at you, the end of the season yeah. thing. That is USC, very beneficial to me as is, is peaking right now. So, yeah. um, and again, when it comes down to quarterbacks, I'm trusting Caleb Williams. Yep. Completely um, agree. Completely agree. Moving on to Saturday, the big 12 championship game, the battle of the purple teams, um, which on the Google Doc, Tyler, you know how each person's icon is a different color. Your color's purple for me on my iPad. Love right it. So it's like kind of pink, it's, yours is like a pinkish. Like oh, okay, there we like go. There we go. Almost purple. Um, the Big Twelve title game. It takes place in Dallas. It is a noon Eastern kickoff Saturday on ABC. Kansas State and TCU. You get first pick, my friend. Who do you want? I mean, I'm taking the Horn Frogs. The, the what? I'm, I'm taking the the Hypnotoads. Thank you, thank you. Let's um, use let's use their proper nickname, the Hypnotoads. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. I mean, I'm taking TCU. I think TCU is continuing to play better and better. Um, mm-hmm. And Kansas State is the type of team that they can beat. They can beat them. Um, yeah, Kansas State has proven that. TCU won this game early in the season, largely, and I can't believe I'm about to say this, largely because Adrian Martinez got injured during it. Um, I was going to say, may I offer you some Adrian Martinez in a conference championship game? <laughs> <laughs> um. Kansas State is the type of team that can that can really give them trouble, but they can. They TCU can. has weathered this storm so much this season. Yeah, it, it would. It is. It is not unlikely that they they finally slip up in the big moment, but mm-hmm. I think they deserve the credit for me to put it to put them down. I agree. Point. I agree. Put TCU. Put me next to TCU, and and this is solely. I know I should probably start picking different from you because I am down to. But and there's a couple games on here that I don't think are going to work out uh, that I think are going to be very one sided. But I, I do want to take TCU because I want to see the Hypnotoads in the playoff. And I, I, I really want to see that. So I'm going to put my heart with my heart and I'll take TCU. The Mac title game, Tyler. Noon kickoff on Saturday on ESPN. Toledo takes on Ohio. This game will be played from Ford Field in Detroit. Um, I'm surprised when all the neutral sites you named, you know, Atlanta, SEC, Indianapolis, Big Ten. You didn't name Detroit for the MAC. Come on, man. Yeah. Was the, all the Home ground. All the MAC teams are the same. All they right? are. Which of these? Year. So, what? How does a neutral site matter? 
<laughs> um, okay, so this means it's I go first on this one. Yes. Okay, we have to pick separately on this one because it, it really is a coin flip. So I'll go with Toledo. If I'll you go take with it. Ohio. Go okay. Wildcats. All right. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Moving I on. Honest, I have not watched a single game of either of these teams this year. Yep. <laughs> Um, next up, the Sunbelt Championship game, 3.30 kickoff on ESPN. Coastal Carolina travels to Alabama to take on Troy. You can pick first. Who do you want, Tyler? Hmm. Coastal's good, but I, I think I'm going to go with Troy right now. Um, Troy's, Troy's oh. been a little bit better. Troy's been a little better than them this season. They have. They have. Um, I'll take Coastal. I will take Coastal. I would go. love to go separate from you there. I'd love to take there that. Go. Um, SEC title game. 3.30, CBS Game of the Week, uh, LSU, fresh off of a loss to Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> uh, taking on, they're pulling a Dan Mullen. They're pulling an us. They're pulling a Mullen. Uh, taking on Georgia, like I said, 3.30 on CBS. Did you see CBS advertise for the Big Ten this weekend? <laughs> I didn't. Because I, I think next season is the last one. So... Is the last SEC year, so then afterwards it'll kick. Yeah. Anyway, um, I go first. I'll take Georgia. No. Yeah. 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 You pick Troy first, so I will take Georgia. There's really yeah. not much explanation. I mean, this thing I was so confused. We're gonna pick the same team. Uh, We're gonna pick not the much same explanation. Team. I wished that there's a part of me that wishes that um, else you didn't lose that game, so we could have a more earnest discussion about this. Yeah, we could like actually talk, but. Yeah. I mean, it just it furthers the reality that I'm like as good as LSU is and as incredible as they've played at times this season. Mm-hmm. I don't think they have what it takes to beat Georgia. Same. Like, I just don't think they have, have the roster to hit a blueprint to hit to beat Georgia. They yep. don't have it. Um, yeah. I'm with you. Very I'm almost nobody does. I think it's actually funny. Two uh, two of the of the of the what it looks like will be the four playoff teams now. Two of them I think have that blueprint uh, because they have the uh, whereas I, I think USC has the quarterback to do it. Mm-hmm. TCU has the type of offense, but I don't think TCU is as talented as them. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's not that's that's a hot take. Um, and <laughs> apparently, Michigan can throw deep now. I don't know how real I, that. I is, guess though. so. I guess uh, so. But yeah, uh, George is winning this game. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um. All right. Cool. Next up, the American four I go o'clock first on this one. You do go first. Four o'clock Eastern on ABC. UCF taking on Tulane in New Orleans. They met up earlier in the season. UCF won the game, ran all over them. Tyler, who do you want? I made this mistake earlier this season. Oh? I'm going to make it again. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Also, because I know you're going to pick UCF, and I want you to have that. Um, But also, I do do think Kool-Aid has been a better team than UCF Mm -hmm. this season. I think UCF UCF to me clearly has a higher Ceiling. ceiling. From like an athletic potential and what they can do, they're also still a Gus Malzahn team. Whereas Tulane has been more consistent, better coached. Um, I love their offense. I'm gonna go with Tulane because this is a big deal, um, and I don't know if I can trust Gus Malzahn in a championship game. Um, so there's that. So I have multiple reasons why I'm going to pick UCF. None of them are emotional. You ready? Oh, are you ready? I understand it is difficult to beat the same team twice in one season, especially when they're going back on the road. So it's like they two road games. I get that. But last week I ended up picking Ole Miss in the Egg Bowl, despite the fact that I knew there were rumors of Lane Kiffin leaving. 
I know there are rumors of Willie Fritz leaving. I'm not going to make the same mistake on betting against the team um, when their coach's mind may or may not be elsewhere. I also believe that there's only – listen, we laugh because I I dubbed the the Warren I-4 last week the greatest Gus Malzahn experience game of all time. But I don't think it was – upon further review, I don't that, think that it was an actual Gus Malzahn experience. That was a UC, USF-fueled like – Yes. Number yeah. one, I agree with that. Number two, a Gus Malzahn experience requires a loss and requires a I cannot believe we lost that game. So I don't think it was a true Gus Malzahn experience. With that being said, that means that they have already exhausted their Gus Malzahn experiences this season. They lost to Louisville in an unexplicable fashion. They lost to ECU in an unexplicable fashion. And then they lost to uh, Navy in an unexplicable fashion. So I think they're up. They're out. I think the Warren I-4 kind of showed. Like, no, we actually have to win this game because we don't have any more of those bullets in our chamber. So for those reasons and the fact that when I watched that game, the Tulane UCF game from earlier this season, Tulane really could not stop their run. They could not stop the run. And when Gus start, and when Gus gets on a run, like no pun intended, but when the running game is firing on all cylinders, it's tough to beat a Gus Malzahn team, yeah. regardless of who you have on the other side on defending them. So I'll take UCF. And also, I have we have to start switching up picks somewhere. Yeah, I think this is th- I think given given the other games. Um, that the games that we've picked already and the last two that we have coming up, I think this is my best option to this 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 game gives me the best chance to be separate of you and also, um, Feel you know, and gain it. at least a point on you. You know what I mean? This one gives yeah. me the best chance of picking. You know, so um, I'll take UCF, the Mountain next, West Championship game, up. four o'clock kickoff Eastern on Fox. Fresno State taking Boise State. I'm picking this game here first. I'll take Boise. I will take Boise, not thinking twice about it. Boise started off slow, but ended up actually really dominating in the conference to the point where they're hosting this conference championship game again. Um, Fresno Uh, State, listen, congrats. Good for them for making the conference title game after after losing Kalen DeBoer. Great, great, incredible. Um, Quarterback is still, I forget his name, but he ended up staying. Jake Hayner. Jake Hayner, still playing well. But uh, I think Boise is kind of, put their stamp on this conference as theirs. I'll take Boise. Uh, yeah, Boise. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going with you. Boise, cool. Boise taking control. Last cool. one. Good. The ACC, number eight. Cle- no, rankings don't matter. <laughs> Clemson taking on North Carolina, eight o'clock kickoff Both on ABC teams have dropped, in Charlotte. Uh, took a loss last week. They did. Uh, you get to pick first. Which of these two teams do you want? Okay. All right. I'm thinking. Birdman hand rub going I on over here. I can't. I can't. Every time I think I'm like, no, I should pick this team, some other reason comes up for the other one, where it's like, keep being like, I should believe in North Carolina and the Drake May experience that they can do this. And also it's like, but Clemson, despite their struggles, is still really good. <laughs> and um, it's like, but you're probably going to pick North Carolina. But then again, they did just screw you over last week. They did. They I, did. I'm going to be nice. Not nice, okay. but like I'm gonna take Clemson because I do think Clemson okay. is more talented. Um, and I think Clemson's Clemson's defense is gonna be there. I think that if Dabble, you know, takes pulls the plug and goes for K Club Nick at some point in the game, that's gonna help. Drake may score some points, but it also has been weird where like they they just go through stretches where they just don't do anything on offense, like, and then they yeah. come back and 
I'm going to go with Clemson. Tyler. I mean, I'd be lying to you if I said the Drake May for Heisman campaign was on life support. Wasn't on life support. It was. <laughs> listen, listen. We were talk about. Hit by a it, bus, it, it felt. It felt like a night at the casino. I was up. I man, I could not. I kept getting aces and splitting them and getting blackjack both times. I mean, I was betting more than the table minimum. I was riding on it, man. It was good. It was good. I went to play craps. Pass line every time. Eights and sixes. Y'all know. If you know, you know. I was oh boy. I was I was I was boosting my odds and hitting on those bets. Sixes every time, rolling that dice. And then it came crashing down. So I think it's time to call an ambulance. But not for me, because I'm taking Drake May, and I have faith that this game is gonna catapult him into next year's Heisman campaign. Um, Tyler, I cannot believe I'm saying this in the year of our Lord, 2022. If you had to pick one quarterback game on the line, would you rather DJ Uyunglele or Drake May? Oh, Drake May, 100%. Give it to me. Give it to me. Let's go. All right. Mark it down. Go heels. Go heels. Go heels. All right. Time for our two points. I've told you, right? I want my child to go to North Carolina. Why? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Solely selfish reasons so I can get that that blue in my closet. Solely. Solely for that reason. Um, okay, time to pick the two point. I'm going to tell you right here, Tyler. Sorry, there, I'm still not sure. See, Siri's not sure about the Heisman campaign either. Um, <laughs> just, <laughs> just, I really hope she didn't pick up the call an ambulance part because if there's an ambulance at my house in 10 minutes, oh boy. Um no, no, no. So I'm between, I'm going to be honest with you here. I'm going to think this through in real time. I'm between the American title game and the ACC title game because they are both instances where we have picked separately. And I would, I need that, I need that two point to nothing. You want the, you want the two point swing, not the one point swing. I want oh. the two point swing, not the one point swing. Exactly. Um, I'm nervous. I'm in the opposite position. I'm up. Yes. I'm up. So I'm thinking taking taking something I'm sure about because exactly I need, I, I have to that, take I a little bit that, a little bit of cushion I need that extra first down I need to bleed another right. forty seconds off the clock like yeah you can run the ball and kick the field goal I have to go for it this is where we're at um oh man this is tough okay this so is tough, man. <laughs> this is really tough um <laughs> yeah this is what you need after the U.S. men's national team plays the, oh yeah this is exactly what I needed right how did I follow up USA England Florida Florida State how am I following this up the most important two-point decision of si- in sideline judgment history it. this is what um, decide the season total okay we might have to go to Army Navy but yeah, we know. might oh by the way we didn't mention that if we end up tied next week we are picking Army Navy. It is a coin flip. One gets Army, one gets Navy. It is what it is. We will literally flip a coin on the air. That's what happens. Um, I hope military intervention is not the last resort. Is not the last resort. Um, I'm gonna go with. All right, I'm gonna hedge my emotions here. I'm gonna go with North Carolina. Okay. I'm gonna take North Carolina over Clemson to be my two point because I think. As much as you know, you know why what, what it boils down to. Clemson, North Carolina haven't played this season, uh. and UCF and Tulane have. And so, even though I think UCF is going to win, 
I don't there, want there that, that second. Of the second there's game. the element, right? So if I do mess up, I don't want to be out two points. I want to be out one point. And I think, like we said, of all the quarterbacks that I've chosen, I like Drake May the most. Outside, I mean, outside of um, the USC game, Caleb Williams. But we both chose the same on that yeah. one. So, but, but see, but of, like, it's not right. it's not the quarterback that is the, the deal with Utah. It's, Correct. Is is USC's defense going to keep exactly Utah from running all over them? And um, that's my and that's my concern with North Carolina. Is their defense going to be able to to hold is, up? Because we know they're going to have to put the ball in the air. Exactly, like, um, exactly. So that's that's the concern. But I, I'll take North Carolina. I'm hoping it works out. I know that they have lost two games when it mattered this past towards the end of the season. Um, but Clemson also lets Spencer Rattler throw all over them. If Spencer Rattler can throw all over them, I'm pretty sure Drake may can. But Dab was also been really good about not taking back to back losses. Like, But this is also the first time that he's been without his trusted coordinators. Maybe this is the time that it happens. You never know. Maybe, they're going to have, right. they're going to have to lose a conference title game. Eventually. You say, I, think... I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, right, next time. year it'll be Florida State, so let's they'll have yeah. they'll have real issues. All right, I'll take that. I'll take North Carolina. Who's what's your two point? You cannot choose that game now. That I've I taken it off the board. North Carolina over Clemson, yeah, no. which I didn't feel confident enough to do anyway. Um, <laughs> it's just thing. All the games that we disagree upon, I don't feel like picking my two point because like you mentioned all those great points about Clemson, North Carolina. I'm like, I don't know about that. Yeah, and then you make those great points for um, like UCF Tulane and like. I'm picking with Tulane because I think they're the better team, but they have mm-hmm. lost early in the season. I don't know if I want to stake my claim on that. Yeah. The other ones we picked against are teams that we don't know too, too well, so we're kind of taking gambles. I'm not, I don't feel mm-hmm. confident about that. So I got to go with the team that I feel is surefire. Kirby Smart, I swear. <laughs> you better not screw this up for me. <laughs> Aud- that, the best. That's the best case scenario for me. Georgia, Georgia, you better expose Brian Kelly so bad. I never root for you. And this is it. Here's the thing. I'm just hedging my bets that I know you'll win. Yeah. Georgia over LSU. I cannot believe that I am outwardly rooting for LSU, but I am outwardly rooting for LSU. Even though my pick was Georgia. I just think it's going to happen. So I don't want to be. I'm just hedging my bets that what's going to happen, what I think is going to happen, will happen. You you, you did the smart thing, but it also makes it more fun for me. Yeah. It's just like. I could try to get another score and and like pass, but I'm also mm-hmm. kind of like you should probably just run the ball and take some. You probably should. Off the clock. Don't want to risk a pick. Don't want to. Re- yeah, yeah, yeah. So, hey everyone, it's Sergio cutting in real quick. Um, so Tyler and I forgot to put the Big Ten championship on the rundown, so we a hundred thousand percent forgot to even talk about it. Um, real quick, the Big Ten championship game is Michigan taking on Purdue. It is an eight o'clock kickoff on Fox. Yeah, um, very simple here. We're both going to take Michigan. It's not going to be either one of our two point um, conversion attempts. Um, yeah, a little embarrassing. Uh, I guess that's what happens when you have uh, Ohio State Michigan be the biggest game of your conference this season, and then oh yeah, by the way, you have to now go play um, a conference championship game, which. Yeah, I didn't even realize it was Purdue until I looked it up for this thing right here. So our apologies. We're going to cut back right into the podcast now. But just know, 8 o'clock Eastern on Fox, Big Ten Championship, Purdue taking on Michigan. Tyler and I both have Michigan, so just factor that in when you do the total. All right. Anyway, back to the pod. All righty. Recapping it, Tyler. Conference USA title game. We both have UTSA. Pac-12, we both have USC. Big 12, we both have TCU. 
the MAC, I have Toledo, you have Ohio. Sunbelt, I have Coastal, you have Troy. SEC, we both have Georgia, and that is your two points. American, I have UCF, you have Tulane. Mountain West, we both have Boise over Fresno. ACC, you have Clemson, I have North Carolina, and that is my two point. Tyler, next week we'll be back recapping all of these games. We will be talking about the four playoff teams for the college football playoffs. The final, we will talk about the final rankings. Um, And I think that'll be it for that episode. It'll be a shorter one. We will be having our Florida Gators postmortem in a couple of weeks. So keep an eye on that one. That'll probably be in two weeks. That'll probably be in three weeks because in two weeks, Tyler, we're going to have our bowl extravaganza episode where we pick every single bowl game and we get to play what sponsor, what does this sponsor do with bowl games? So uh, that'll be fun. That won't be next week. That'll be the week after. So programming note, next week we recap all of this. The week after we do our bowl stuff. And the week after that, we will be doing our Florida Gators postmortem where that is a completely dedicated episode to the Florida Gators talking about the season, what we liked, what we didn't like, expectations for next year, all that jazz. Tyler, anything else you want to say before we sign off for the day? Uh, yeah, there's there's one game on Saturday that we didn't cover. Um, I'm taking the USA to beat the Netherlands, so I know it's an upset pick. I uh, I will also be taking USA to beat the Netherlands. That game is at 10 a.m. on Fox on Saturday, so uh, I will be getting that game out of the window, out of the way very quickly. Um, I work Friday night till midnight, so I will be coming home. I will be snuggling in my bed and I will be getting um, as much sleep as I possibly can because I can't sleep when I'm anxious and I'm definitely going to be anxious at that point. So, um, yes, World Cup as well. Tyler, um, I am so glad that we were able to have another entire college football season. We're coming up to the end. Conference title games. Then we got bowl games. So it's not like it's going to be over. We've over. had a touchdown worth of... Uh college football seasons doing this podcast absolutely absolutely um all right tyler i think that is going to be it i don't have the energy to talk about this usa game today that the u.s won one nothing no no no, no. Uh, we don't need to Um, can't do that uh gotta get to do some stuff now that has been another episode of sideline judgment my name is sergio my name is tyler we are not biased tyler but go gators go gators go tar heels (laughs) 